What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you're watching this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate the women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go round. I am your host, Bogey. I am a master auto mechanic by trade, but I am passionate about promoting the trades in general, spreading the good word that the trades are a great career path for anybody, but specifically for women. And that while women make up a very small minority of trades across the board, across the world, it is a growing number, small but mighty, as I like to say. And each week here, we get to sit down with another incredible woman and hear all about her journey, her stories, and her successes. This week, we have a young woman who was kind of in the DIY construction space and has moved recently into the automotive space. She started from no automotive background to owning and running a successful shop with a great reputation, learning all about diagnostics and working on cars herself, becoming a mechanic herself. So really interesting story going from zero to successful shop owner in a very short amount of time. But before we introduce her, I want to do a quick thank you to our sponsors for this week's episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you in part by ASE, and you're probably most familiar with them for their Blue Seal shop certification and their technician certification program. But behind the scenes, they do a whole lot of work to obviously develop and establish the standards within the automotive industry, but also to help bring up the next generation. They do that through a number of programs, whether it's helping to train the shop instructors that are training the next generation of technicians, helping shops connect with schools so that they can bring in new apprentices and raise that next generation. They also do a lot of work around uh, women in the industry and supporting female mechanics. And so really proud to be partnered with them on this series. And then of course, Drive Time has been a longtime sponsor of the With Her Two Hands podcast series. And they are a phenomenal organization. They're all over the country. Uh, you know their name best probably from uh, being a used car seller. So you can buy uh, or sell a car there. However, they do so much more. They refinish and restore and refurbish all of their cars in-house within their own shops. And so they employ a ton of mechanics, painters, body techs, um, detailers, you name it. And they have a lot of great career development programs. So if you're just starting out in the field or you're looking for a company to find a home with, they have a lot of great programs to help uh, build up the next generation and create a great community. They have a phenomenal culture. I've been fortunate enough to be a part of uh, some of their events, and it's a really great organization. So make sure you check both ASE and Drive Time out in the descriptions down below. And of course, before we get started, I have to do a really big thank you to you guys for being here each and every week. I love seeing the same names uh, popping up and coming to hang out with us here in this live series on YouTube and on Facebook. As you know, you can join us live every week on Wednesdays, or you can join us for a premiere of an archive episode from the series Past Life, Trades Lady Happy Hour. It used to live on Instagram, so we release an archive episode every Monday, new episode every Wednesday. You can always come hang out with us on YouTube, or you can listen anytime's convenient for you, anytime your podcasts are found. If you're new here, welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you all so much. And now, I'm going to stop blabbing because without further ado, we have a really awesome guest to introduce you to. Welcome, everybody, Miss Lindsay Wood. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and kind of just go over my new adventure that I started in this automotive world. So, yeah, I'm so excited because you like went from you went from nothing to everything in like a really short amount of time. Like, how long ago was it that you were not in the automotive industry? So 2018 is when I first dipped into the automotive industry. Oh my gosh. Uh, right. Before that, <laughs> I was working at Lowe's Home Improvement. So I was here all okay. around home, Jill of all trades. And then, and then all of a sudden I tapped into automotive just to spur of the moment. So. Okay. No at all. Wow. And now you are a shop owner, you're a well-respected yes. shop owner, and you do a lot of the work yourself as well. How the right. heck, what happened that made this shift from being more on the construction and the you know the the home kind of stuff to cars like where did that shift happen and why yeah i've always had a spark of interest in cars but i never actually had worked on them too much hands-on okay. um and one day my brother 
he's also a business partner in my, my, my business was like, Hey, do you want to work on cars and start an automotive instead? And I was ready for a new adventure. So I, I jumped on board and, and there I went, um, ran the <laughs> shop from day one all by myself. I had to learn the program that day, same day and oh my gosh i'm not gonna lie so okay there has to be more to this (laughs) yeah there there has to be more to this story so you had an interest in cars why had you not gotten involved in them prior to was it just not no opportunity or what what stopped you earlier in your life yeah definitely no opportunity and like honestly i didn't really have the time i was working a lot and you know taking care of my life and never found that free moment to really dive into it like I am now. So once the opportunity was handed to me, I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. And uh, here we've we've been making it work really, really, really well. So. Oh my gosh. So it was just kind of like this hidden little like desire that you had that you just hadn't really like tapped into at all, but always, always had, did your brother know that you had this like secret hidden passion for cars? Yeah, but I don't think to the degree that I did. So really it was just like, hey, we should do this. And he didn't know how well it was going to work. So what made him, where did the opportunity come up for him and what made him think, I'm going to ask Lindsay and she wants to do this and basically run the whole show. Like, <laughs> cause you, you know, normally you're not like, I'm going to pull somebody who has zero background in cars to own a shop. What made him approach you for it? Just cause I had been in uh, management for many, many years. I worked okay. at for like 12 years and, ran the whole store, you know, I had 150 employees under me. So I already oh, had wow. that experience. Um, okay. And he knew my work ethic. He knew that I could, you know, handle a, a new surprise, I guess you could say. And he just trusted me. He knows that I'll go put my all in it. And Amazing. And then he, he wanted to go into a franchise. It is a franchise where I run and he's like, cars aren't going anywhere. So it was yeah. just a, a good opportunity to look into. Okay. Now, was he a tech or was this a purely like a business opportunity like for him? Was he thinking from a business perspective? Yeah, strictly business. He uh, not very familiar with cars at all. So crazy. Okay. So he just randomly (laughs) came up with this opportunity and was like, let's, let's do this. This is, I I love how true you are. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's totally normal. We just had this random idea and uh, we ran with it. Okay. Awesome. Yep, exactly. <laughs> how, how was it leaving Lowe's? I mean, you were established, you were, uh, uh, you know, a manager, you obviously had significant, like you'd been there for a while, you had a career that you had established. How was it leaving that to take a chance on this big unknown? Yeah, it was definitely frightening, to be honest, because I really didn't know how my future was going to go. I mean, stepping into a world that I hardly know much about is kind of intimidating, especially in a guy's world. You know, here I am, a female running the show, didn't know how my mechanics were going to handle me, didn't know anything. So it was pretty scary at first. But, you know, once I got the groove of things and started building relationships all around me, it it ended up working out just great. So did you find, I'm curious, because I mean, in the home improvement world, there's, you're obviously probably a minority as a female as well. I mean, we're seeing more and more women working at these stores, but like, it's still pretty male dominated, let's be honest. Was there a difference? Did you notice in, in how people received you in the home improvement side and construction side versus the automotive side? Oh, yeah, it's very similar worlds. Like, some people are just so standoffish, you know, they don't really want a female answering their question because they think we're not going to know the answers. But I've always had that awesome support from everyone around me. They'd be like, oh, she knows the answer better than I know, you know. So it's really just earning that respect by having the confidence and the knowledge. And eventually, you know, you can do it better than anyone if you really want to, if you put your mind to it. So yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. So were you always like a real like hands-on kid when you were younger? Like, let's go back in time a little bit. Were you like, were you always that kid that people, you know, like people knew you were going to go into something hands-on? Um, not really. That's what's (laughs) interesting. I was always outside and playing and stuff like that, but I was never like building things with my dad or working on the cars with my dad. I was just kind of a free, free bird, you know, love to be outside, love the nature, um, always thought someone, people always thought I was going to go into like math or science or something like that. So interesting. I, okay. Yeah, exactly. 
So with the management job at Lowe's, was that was that more just a, a job that turned into management or did you seek out a job in the home improvement world or how did that how did that happen? So basically just one of my first few jobs that I started out as just started as an employee in like the tools department and uh, eventually just worked my way up, managed the lumber department, the tool department, the, the garden department. And basically was an assistant store manager for every single area of the store. So eventually I was moments away from being a store manager and having my own spot. So it was a a big leap of faith to kind of leave that and and try to do something different for sure. Yeah, that's ballsy. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. It was. Especially 12 years. So right. I mean, I can definitely see the like the corollaries, right? Like there's a lot of commonality in what you have to do managing a whole team at a a home improvement store versus running a shop. And like, similarly, like working at Lowe's, you had to learn all, all the different trades in a sense. Like you had to learn this stuff as you were working on the show, on the show floor, the shop floor. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Very, very similar. So it worked out. And so now you're in the shop you are you i mean you could have very easily just gone in and been i'm i'm managing the shop i'm going to run the shop but you've actually been learning and getting hands on yourself correct oh yeah i love to get my hands dirty i figure if i'm going to do this i better learn every inch of it you know so i I play all the hats i get back in the shop and i'm the tech and i go up front and i sell the job and i'm answering the phones and taking payments it's me all day every day so wow how are you learning all of the things? Are you just self-taught the guys at the shop? Like, how are you learning all the things? Yeah, definitely a little bit of both, but I do have an ASE tech that's been working on cars for almost 40 years. So he has definitely guided me through the ropes a lot and I've managed to retain him the whole time I've been open. So he's helped me probably the most, but I definitely have studied and, you know, you learn as you go too. So get your hands dirty. You're going to know how to do it again better next time. 100% is, is owning. So this is a conversation that like, I feel like has been coming up a lot. Like every, every technician I know, male, female, doesn't matter. Like every technician I know wants to own their own shop one day. They're like, I'm going to own my own shop. I'm going to, I don't have to ever, you know, answer to anybody. I'm going to be my own boss. It's going to be amazing. Um, Is it, is it as good as the myth? Like what, uh, (laughs) being, being the, the owner and the manager versus working for someone else, is it everything you hoped and dreamed? What's the reality of being a shop owner? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got its pros and cons for sure. I, I I love having my own shop. You know, I have full control. I make it a fun environment. Everyone loves to come to work. And, you know, we have music and drinks and snacks. And I just try to make it more positive. But definitely, you're not always going to find the right person for the right job. And you may have an angry customer here and there. So, there is days that, you know, are not fun being a shop owner, but overall, I really, really love it. Like I would not want to do anything else. There's just so much fun freedom in a sense, but at the same time, like a lot of hard work and responsibility um, and it's definitely paying off. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Now the, was the franchise pre-existing or did you purchase the franchise and have to build up that the location or were you taking over kind of a pre-existing business? So it was not a franchise prior, but it was an automotive like mom and pop shop for 30 years. But still transitioning was difficult just because it's a new name. It's a new owner. So I definitely retained a lot of his prior customers, but have built it up more so on my own. Okay. And you've maintained some of the technicians that were there originally or are they is it all new new hires? Um, Pretty new hires, except my my main ASC tech. He's been there the whole time with me. That's awesome. The beginning. So yeah, that's been really nice. Oh, it, that makes all the difference in the world. Like having having a like core member that you can count on is is huge. That's everything. Oh yeah, we definitely work well as a team now at this point. So it's great. So I've never I've never messed with franchises. I'm not very familiar with them, um, and I'm sure that's that's something that people have to consider all the time. If they want to open up a shop, do they go it alone? Do they do the mom and pop route? Do they do a franchise? Are you like, I'm curious just all of the things like what that, what that process was like, whether you're, if you had to do it all over again, you would do the same thing. Um, 
what what do you think about franchising and what that conversion was all about it was definitely good for me like i had no experience um they they basically send you back back east for two weeks and they send you through some mini school just to kind of help uh get you started the first baby step so that was kind of beneficial but really, in reality, I learned more from the people I worked with than anywhere else. So I probably could have done an independent shop just as easy as I did a franchise. So there are perks like I do offer a free towing service to my customers five miles or less to the shop, like five times a year per customer. Okay. So a lot of my customers love that. And that gives me a lot of extra repeat business. Um, they do help with a lot of the advertising and stuff like that. So if you definitely need that extra help as a beginner business owner, it 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 is helpful, but there are contracts in place. So you just got to make sure you read, read those, you know what I mean? So you're ready. If you do want to fly into an independent shop that you can. So mm, that's really valuable. I think that's probably where a lot of people get stuck is not, not reading the contracts well and getting, yeah. and then they're trapped and they don't realize what they've gotten into. Do you feel like you have the flexibility? I mean, you've created an interesting culture that's unique and, and kind of your own and, um, Bake, fresh baked cookies excuse me what um that's yeah. part of your shop like <laughs> yeah exactly I, I love that um, but do you have that freedom to really kind of create your own culture and, and own personality even though you're part of the corporate like how limiting is that it's not limiting at all that's what i like yes. about Meineke is like we i do everything on my own like i run it my way I do my standards, I have my policies, my procedures, like everything is just based on how I want to run it. Nice. Um, so they kind of are at a distance. So if you do need their assistance and you do need their help, they're going to be there for you. But for That's the most cool. part, it's all us. And so, I mean, that's I actually really the cool business. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's kind of handy. It does come into play, but it's nice yeah. to have that freedom too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can definitely see the appeal of that, especially like you said, if you're a beginning business owner and you've not done it before, it's kind of like knowing you have them to fall back on if you needed the the support with things and that there's some systems in place already, but then you get the freedom to kind of make it your own is is pretty awesome. Yeah. What what do you what would you say has been the biggest challenge thus far for you in in all of it? Like whether it's with the franchise, whether it's being a shop owner, it's transitioning into the automotive industry, learning the cars, the business side, the people, like what has been, <laughs> what would you say has been the biggest challenge? I would say just building up the business. You know what I mean? The last owner that had it was independent for 30 years. So, and, and he was a guy that had been doing it for a long, long time. So here I am a younger girl that came in with no experience. So that was my biggest challenge, just mm -hmm. building the, the business up, you know, earning everyone's trust and just making sure they know I'm going to do a good solid job at the right price, you know, and I'm not there to sell them any, some, sell them something they don't need. That was probably my biggest hurdle. You know, most of the time I've been able to retain most of my employees. So that's really never a huge challenge. It's just getting it to where it has been today has taken a long time. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight. They say you got to wait, what, two, three years before you can get your business flowing. So yeah. No, I remember when I first started my shop years ago and I, I think I got, you know, got to the, the one year mark and it was like, congratulations, you made it through the one year mark, but it's really the three year mark when you know you're successful. And then I got to three yeah. years and they're like, actually, it's five years. And then I got to five years. They're like, no, you don't really know until you get to 10 years. I'm like, this target keeps moving. <laughs> like, I know what is happening. That's how I see it, too. So all that same feedback. I, I think it's I think that's a good good thing because if we all knew that it would take as long as it does to be successful in our jobs and in our shops we might not ever start them um so yeah we tap out real quick <laughs> so now where are you located again remind me yeah i'm in provo utah it's about okay. 35 40 minutes um south of salt lake okay so large largish decently sized community um, yeah, so you have yeah, lots of competition. Big. How do you distinguish yourself and how have you, you know, what have been your tips and tricks for, for setting yourself apart from the competition? It's always more challenging in like a big city or in a big community where it's like, I could drive past five other shops. Why should I drive past those five shops to go to your shop? And like, how do you set yourself apart? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely super, super, super honest. I get jobs in there all the time. Hey, these 
this other shop said I need breaks. We take it to the back. My guy's like, why are we doing breaks? You know, so that is what I love is my techs are just as honest as me. So mm-hmm. we're always doing a good job as far as honesty goes. Um, I think they love how clean we are. We come in and it, it doesn't even smell like an automotive shop. I got my Scentsy going, my fresh baked cookies, like my wood floors. It's just organized and clean. I've got a little welcome board that I write their names on to welcome them in every day. And they just nice. love that. So I think we just do things a little bit different. We're, you know, very, very customer oriented. We want to make sure everyone that leaves is happy. If they're not, I want feedback as to why, um, you know, we, we all want the same goal and we all show it in our work to our customers. And I think people feel that when they come to my shop, they, they know they're going to get taken care of and they know we're going to do an honest quality job for them. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that you found a team that, that sees things the same way. Like that's not, that's not always easy, right? Like I talk to shop owners and shop managers all the time who have those values, but their team isn't necessarily standing by that. And uh, how do you create that culture within your shop and make, make that, is it just in the hiring? Is it something that you do on a regular basis with your team? Yeah, I mean, it's a little of both. I set that expectation high right when I hire them. Like, if you're not going to be honest, I don't want you working for me. I've I've had a couple different circumstances. They only worked with me for about a week because they already played with fire. And, you know, we just don't mess around with that. And they know what I'm serious about. Even if we don't make very much money that day, I know they'll come back for more when they actually need something with their car. So they all know exactly how I feel. And if you can't play that game, then, you know, where the door is. So That's I awesome. just continuously beat it in their head, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. We definitely need a lot more of that in this industry. I feel like it's, you know, we've gotten a bad reputation as, as an industry and, and unfortunately not without reason, right? Cause there are a lot oh, yeah. of awful people who are taking advantage of customers and making a bad name for the rest of us. And it always amazes me. Like when I talk to really awesome shops like yours, it's like, um, what are you, what are you doing that makes you so amazing? Like just being decent human beings to other human beings. Like we're just doing the right thing. And that's like, that's all it takes guys. Like (laughs) all it takes to be a successful shop and to have customers be loyal to you is to actually treat them, treat your customers and your employees with respect and have high standards for, for like what you should be doing, right? what that looks like. It's that it's that easy. It really is. <laughs> it really is. It's not that hard. You just got to be a good person and work on it like your own crazy. car, you know? Right? Yeah. Crazy. Yep. <laughs> so as you're getting into like learning about the cars themselves, you're learning, you're learning the business side, you're learning the cars, you're learning all of the things all at the same time, like, holy crap. I, do you feel like your head is exploding all the time? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It definitely has. Like it's slowly getting better, of course, because I do it once. I'm going to remember for next time. I luckily have that type of brain. So That's usually awesome. I can apply my knowledge again and again and again. Um, nice. So it's not as exploding as it used to be, but yeah, for a minute there, I was like, I can't even handle this. You know what I mean? But <laughs> But if I'm going to sell it, I got to know about it. So I, yeah. I went all in at first, you know what I mean? You got to have confidence or they're never going to say yes. So yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I think that's really valuable. How many, how many employees do you have? I've got five of or five and then six, including me. So there's six of us. Okay, nice. That's a decent size. Very cool. Congratulations. Yeah. That's no, that Thank is you. no small feat. It really is not. Um, I, I think it's really easy from the outside to like for people to look at and and say like, oh yeah, I could do that. Like it's a lot, y'all. It is. <laughs> it is no, it a is. Lot. Especially to find a solid team that you can you know appreciate and they can appreciate you. It's hard. Yeah. So it's hard. So as you're learning the cars and you're learning the hands-on side of things, are there are there things that you enjoy more than others? Are there parts of the car, parts of type of of work on cars that you enjoy doing yeah i love diagnosing cars that's probably my favorite just because it puts a whole different spin on my brain you know and i want to figure out the puzzle pieces i mean there's some diagnostic i don't like i mean as (laughs) does anyone else but for the most part i really like to learn that kind of stuff i mean hands-on i like timing belts and stuff like that just getting really in depth inside the engine you know steering suspension I like doing those, the more cream work, of course, that they call them. But uh, <laughs> I like really learning the electrical portion and the diagnostics because it's just 
not as known anymore. You know, it's a lot more rare. So I try to yeah. tap into those different categories that are not as well known anymore. Yeah. So. And, and those are the hardest. So accolades to you for diving into that. I mean, I think elect electronics and diagnostics are like the thing that most people are most scared of um, and intimidated by. Um, so yeah, accolades to you for for diving into that. And you're right. Like, and, and these days, cars are getting so complicated, right? Like they, yeah. they, they say, I mean, this was like five or 10 years ago, even they were saying that, um, that some of the cars that were on the road had more control modules than the first space shuttle. And that was like 10 years ago already. Like, oh my gosh, where are we at now? These got like people are literally driving computers on wheels and yeah. it's everything. Diagnostics is everything. Yep. You, exactly. That's how I feel like too. Yeah. You work on everything too. Like all makes and models. You're not specialized in one thing, right? Yeah, we're not. I mean, I don't love the European cars, you know, so I don't do a whole lot on those, but everything else we try to specialize in. And, yeah. Careful, you're you talking know, to a European car specialist right here. Oh, look at you go. <laughs> I'm impressed. Like, I probably would have dived into that if my team was down for that, but they're definitely not. So I've just kind of gone away from it. So I'm impressed. They're not easy. It's it's so, all I know. Don't be impressed. It's uh, hey. you know, it's it's what you know, right? I grew up on well, not grew up, but like as a mechanic, I grew up on and and cut my teeth on on Volkswagens and BMWs, and so that is what I knew. And when I work on a Ford, I feel the same way that like folks that mostly work on domestic cars feel when they work on a European car. I'm like, what? Why? I don't. This is complicated and weird. <laughs> It's okay. I feel like that with Fords too. So <laughs> Fords can be a little. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, come on, Ford engineers. What were you thinking here? Like, know, why? Right? Why did the bolts have to go in from that direction? <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So how do you keep up on all of the technology and how do you keep your team kind of up on, on technology as it's changing and all of the different makes and models? And it's a ton of investment, right? Oh yeah, big time. I've got like five different systems that we're using all day long. So I've got like the auto vitals, which is my digital inspection with my tablets, taking pictures, taking notes of every car we're touching, sending the report to the customer. It's saved on the cloud so they can access it anytime, look nice. at their brakes, their tires, everything. So that, that helps a lot. People come in just for those. And so they're super valuable and meaningful to the customer. You know, I've got Techmetric that we use as our, our shop program. So you can send okay. estimates and then they can approve and decline what they want to do. So that's been huge because people, you can just text people and they don't even have to call or get a call from you. And a lot of people are at work or school and that's been really easy going. Nice. Um, I bought like a locking lockbox that they can pick their, their car up after hours with the code that I set on daily, send them a payment link online. So nice. we really like gone to the modern world just to make, everything easier for the people that were working yeah. on their cars so that's that's amazing i remember we started doing some of that stuff before i sold my shop like way back when and it was like not the norm at all and it's it's interesting seeing these younger shops and i put you in the category of a younger shop um <laughs> but um and run by younger people too who are like coming in with different ideas but you also like you really kind of started your business and got rolling while covid was happening oh yeah so Big like time all of those restrictions and all of those challenges has actually like forced you into doing things that are amazing for the customers and that they love and, and are sticking around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. COVID was definitely a huge challenge. Like we were already barely getting the ball rolling yeah. and then COVID hit and it was just, it was not good. <laughs> so yeah. cause you started, was, what year did you start? It was uh, June of 2018. So, okay. So yeah, yeah. you were just barely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were a little fresh and green and it was already kind of like, you know, just building that trust and getting everyone in the door that we possibly could was happy. But then COVID hit and it was like, woo, it was rough. Yeah. But thank goodness for, you know, the help we got from all those grants and stuff. But yeah, we were the next year after that, we boomed and then we boomed again and now we're booming again. So it's like That's whole night day difference. So congratulations. Did you? Yeah, thank you. Did, did you implement a lot of the things like the lockbox and the digital ROs and like that kind of stuff? Was that something that you had implemented prior to COVID or as a result of COVID? I'm curious. 
Yeah, we didn't have like the after hours drop box that you could lock up keys because I didn't I hadn't discovered it yet, unfortunately. But we did utilize our lockbox like 24-7. I was even yeah. having people drop off their keys in the lockbox, pay online. I would leave their keys, you know, in their car. In a okay. So you spot, were just so. doing that stuff anyway because of the convenience of the customer, and then it helped you be successful through COVID. Yeah, we learned that that's what people like, you know, they want to come yeah. pick up their car at midnight when they're done with their family event or whatever it is. So giving right. them that chance and that opportunity has been huge. They love it. Yeah, that was a game changer when we started doing it. It was like, this is genius. Why didn't I think of it sooner? <laughs> no, for real. I waited and waited for people to come pick up their car so many nights. Right? And I was like, what was I doing? Just trying to help them out. But oh, my. <laughs> totally. And then like a couple of hundred bucks in lockboxes and it was like, boom, game changer. <laughs> yeah, it was the best investment I've made. So I'll tell you that it's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you get like guidance and brainstorming? Do you have like a mastermind group through Meineke um, or do you have you sought out like other business owners to learn from from them? Or how do you come up with these ideas? Or are they just all yours? Um, I do kind of partner with neighboring shops. I have really good relationships nice. with the shops down the street for me and stuff like that. So we kind of link heads and talk about different things that we're doing. Um, other than that, just friends and family, you know, and myself just kind of nice. brainstorming all together and, and finding things. I've had a lot of cool coworkers along the way that are really creative and helped me do those things that I may not be as creative to do myself. So, yeah, no, that's fantastic. And was your brother still involved? Yeah, he's definitely still involved, but more as like a silent partner, you know, so <laughs> he just moved out of state and okay. uh, yeah, it's just, it's just me doing my thing. Amazing. I'm okay with that. So that's awesome. So he just, he invested as a business and then hands off. This is all you. Yeah. To a certain degree. Yep. That's awesome. So, that right? is really cool. All right. What? Okay. So we talked about what the biggest challenges have been. Like, what would you say has been the most like rewarding, the most like, like, I don't know, the thing that keeps you going every day? I would say it's just the customers. Honestly, I'm a big people person and I love seeing them so happy that I took care of their car. I'm like, no one likes to spend money on their car, me included. But when they are like smiling and glowing, it's just super rewarding to see them, you know, yeah. know that we did a good job for them and they they can feel that. You know, I get texts all the time. I just drove away. My car feels better than it ever did before. And it's it's just so cool to see that. That's the biggest thing is I, I do it for them. You know, yeah. I want to be a, a big part of their life. I want to be that mechanic that they can call and love, you know, it's just, it's just great that feeling. So that's fantastic. I, I agree. That stuff definitely like always kept me going when somebody was like, you know, it's weird, but this was actually fun. I don't think of getting my car fixed as being fun, but this was fun. It's like those compliments and those like the appreciation from them 100% is everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, it's my get up in the morning. Let's go. So. So now are you wanting to continue to kind of work on the mechanical side? Are you wanting to be more like, do you want to continue doing all of the things and wearing all the hats? Or like if you had to choose, if you had to choose one being out in the shop or being up front with customers. What would your choice oh, be? That's a hard decision. <laughs> I know, so, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I love wrenching, so I would probably love to stay in the back as long as, as long as I could see my customers like from a distance. Hi, how are you? You know, but <laughs> I I love getting my hands dirty. It's probably a little bit better, even though I love seeing those smiles on the customers' faces. So yeah. it'd be hard for me to choose, but I'd probably choose being in the back. Interesting. Sure. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Do you um are you ASC certified or you have plans to become an ASU tech? Yeah, I've got my, just my AC one. I, okay. I still have other plans to do more, but I yes. haven't really dug into that too much yet. Okay. Are your, um, are your technicians ASE techs? Yeah, I only got the one tech, but he's okay. got like seven ASE certifications. We're a, oh, wow. we're a AAA shop too. So that's okay, pretty nice. rewarding, you know, just because there's cool. only two of us in Provo. So I thought that was pretty good. That good is awesome. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So it's just one technician and yourself and then the other employees or what are, what are the other employees? I mean, I've got like a B-Tech oh, okay. and then I've got like two, two lube guys and then I've okay. got another service writer up front that kind of helps me manage the front desk and, and some other jobs. So, Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. I got to ask the question because everybody always asks. 
as, <laughs> as somebody into cars and, and a shop owner, what is, what is your daily driver? I drive a 2004 Acura TL. Okay. Fun. Yeah. Right. 220,000 nice. miles. It's, it's a solid Honda. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so nice. And dream right? car. Um, oh mm. man, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, Probably just a newer Acura. I'm like a fan of the Acuras for some reason. Okay. They're nice, but you don't like, hear that as often. I don't. Yeah. Think... All right. I like Challengers. Don't get me wrong. You know, Corvettes are nice, but I really love my Acura. It's it's really good. So if I wanted to, <laughs> I'd just buy a really nice new Acura. So nice. Okay. How about Fair. you? What's your favorite or what's your dream car? Um, I'm a weirdo. So I am like not a typical car person. Um, nobody believes me when I say this, but like, I am, I am a puzzle person. So I like the fixing of things. I like the figuring out of things, but I am not that person who's like, I know all the years and the makes and the models and what engine came in them. Like, I don't know any of that stuff and I don't pay attention to it. Like, cars come out and I'm like, what? I don't know. Um, so like people ask me what my favorite car is. I'm like, broken ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Like I drive a BMW because I, I worked for BMW as a dealership technician for like seven years before I started my shop. And so I know them. I'm comfortable with them. Like they, it's like second, second nature to be working on them. So of course I should have one because it's easy for me to work on it. Um, oh yeah. And it kind of is like, I hate to say it, but once you drive a BMW, Oh, nothing else quite compares. <laughs> yeah, you can't go back. Yeah, you can't <laughs> nothing go back. sounds as good as that, right? <laughs> no, it's true. No, it's true. I, it's true. My brother-in-law has Beamer after Beamer after Beamer, so it's true. <laughs> he hasn't explored new territory yet. So, no, I I bought a Nissan briefly. I I deserted camp because I was a Volkswagen girl when I was younger. Then I became a BMW girl, and then I briefly deserted and um. I had a Nissan and I had it for like a year and I remember bringing it into the shop at one point because it was under warranty so I brought it to the dealership and um the service advisor I was complaining about some noise some weird noise it was making and the service advisor says bogey it's not a BMW and I was like <laughs> wow if that's your excuse for why it sounds like it's falling apart while I'm driving down the road then I am trading it in and getting a BMW again like that was it <laughs> Yeah, that was the final straw. Yeah, I like, don't blame you one bit. We're done here. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Do you guys have like a specialty with types of cars that you work on at the shop? Um, we work pretty good. Hondas, Toyotas. I mean, we do a lot of Nissans and a lot of Hyundais. Those are probably the ones I see in the most. Okay. Just need a lot of extra love. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> I do work on a lot of Fords, but Really, I just work on everything. It's hard to say what we specialize in. Like one week, I'll just be all Toyota. And the next week, it'll be all Kias and Hyundais. It's funny how that works, but they all pile in at the same time. So It, it is interesting. Or there's themes to things. Like one week, it'll be all catalytic converters. And like for no reason, yeah. right? Like it's just random yeah, how that no. happens. For real. <laughs> one, one week, I had three people put diesel in their gas tank. What? And then I hadn't seen it ever. But one week, I had three people do it. So I was just like... And then depending on the car, it all needed different stuff other than the pump and stuff. It was nuts. Oh my goodness. So Interesting. It comes okay. in, in, in sets. <laughs> so you do, you do everything. Do you ever have to turn stuff away because it's so specialized and you have to send it like, cause that's hard to keep up with all of that specialized equipment for each of the manufacturers when you're a general oh, yeah, car shop. Yeah, for sure. We, I mean, we'll only do what we know we can do, you know, yeah. so there are specialized jobs that I recommend going to the dealership, but yeah. for the most part, we can do everything. I don't, I don't do any transmission work. Like we can replace the transmission, but I don't get inside of them and do any yeah. of that. But we did for the thing. most part, I mean, I don't love EVAP. I usually will turn EVAP away real quick. I'll tell you that. So It's but, uh, not so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I just learned what made me money, you know, so, so usually I won't do EVAP. I'm not going to lie. But other than that, we do most of everything else. We're going to get so, you over your fear of EVAP. It's not horrible. No, I, I do not like EVAP. I'm not going to lie. That's so funny. Oh, I love it. Right. Anything else you hate? 
Um, I just like any of the major engine repair. I Anything used to tons else. of engines, you know what I mean? Rebuilds and head gaskets. And I was doing them like crazy. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not making any money. This uh, has been on my rack yeah. for two weeks. So I, yeah. I have a neighboring shop down the street that just loves that work. So I'm like, here you go. Here you go, buddy. And he just eats it up. So we take care of each other that way. And it works out. That's awesome. I would, I, we can do it. I just don't love it. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, business perspective it's challenging and sometimes there's like sometimes we're at odds with ourselves with that like I really like this kind of work but it's not going to make us any money it's going to hurt us as a company it's not you know it, it that or it doesn't make sense for the customer right like if it's if if I'm going to take longer doing it than somebody who specializes in it it's better for the customer if I send it to specialists sometimes right but yeah it, and like we might be super behind so it's yeah it's a better yeah. move yeah. So. I remember when I sold my shop, one of the things that I was kind of, I guess I'm not scared of, isn't the right word, but like I, I was feeling the pressure then of like keeping up with all the, the diagnostic stuff for all of the different manufacturers. And it was getting harder and harder to get information and be able to be a general shop that worked on all of the things. Um, is, has that been a challenge and, and how, we kind of, we, I asked this earlier and then we kind of went in a different direction because I'm, I do that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but how, how are you, how are you staying able to work on all of the different types of vehicles and access the different information? I know you've got your different like software and whatnot, but it's a lot. Well, it's a lot. Like we still run into challenges, especially like Chrysler 2018 and newer. They've they've got it shut down right now. You got to pay a fee, a yearly fee, and then you still get limited access. So we do still run into those different snags. Like I've done those active radiator shutters and couldn't even reset them after I replaced them. And we had to send them to Chrysler to get that all taken care of. So it's just a challenge. Every in particular job, like I've got a snap-on scan tool. I've got a launch scan tool. They both have different capabilities. So for the most part, I can handle most things, but those newer cars, yeah, they're just getting more challenging to dig into and get more information. Uh, I just generally look up TSBs and see if there's a TSB because a lot of the new ones, if they're failing, there's already a TSB. Mm -hmm. So that's been really informative because I do do a lot of brand new cars. I get cars in with check engine lights with 10,000 miles on them and they want them fixed. Oh, wow. Even though they can go to the dealer and do it free. They don't have the time to wait for the dealer to fix it. So they'll pay. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, I was going to ask why they were choosing while they're still under warranty to do that. It's a time issue. Are the dealers just yeah. backed up? Yeah. It's just fleet vehicles. So they're like, mm -hmm. it's more money for me to sit there at the dealership for two months than it is for me to just pay you what it is. So oh, I've been really leaning on TSBs lately for stuff like that, but yeah. we do still come up to challenges and I'll just straight up tell them, you know, use this money instead of you pay me, use it at the dealership for the diagnostic and yeah. let me know if you need anything else, you know? Yeah. So wow. So you, are limited. you do, um, you do a lot of fleet work. Yeah, for the most part, I've got three, four accounts. So okay, a lot nice. of the rental companies and stuff like that. I've got Enterprise and Hertz. Oh, that's awesome. Those are the companies that want to pay me to fix their check engine lights because they just don't have the time to wait. But I've got a couple other random commercial fleet vendors that we utilize, but I'm getting cars in every single day. So amazing. Very that's that. that's yeah. really cool. That's a very lucrative kind of uh, situation to be in. Are you? How did you cultivate those fleet accounts? So during our slow, slow times, I sent my employees with big personalities out on the field, you know, and I just okay. went shaking hands and introducing ourselves. And nice. at one point, the Firestone down the street was closing permanently. And then we got all that business that Firestone had right before COVID. So oh, just wow. because we had gone out and made, you know, made ourselves known. So that's a really big opportunity for businesses is just getting out there and making yourself well known, you know, sometimes they don't find you, you got to go find them. And that, that helped me a lot. That's phenomenal. Very, very smart. Very smart. And you just, you just decided to do that on your own. That was just one of your, like, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm very impressed with you, Lindsay. Um, you. I, I meet shop owners all the time. I work with shop owners all across the country and they, you know, have been in the business for a lot longer than you have and are not doing half of the things that you are intuitively and instinctively doing to, to build your business, to build your team, to, to, to serve your community and serve your customers. So I just, I, I hope you, I hope you know 
um, and have at least a little bit of perspective to to know how awesome you're doing. It's it's really phenomenal to hear. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Any goals? Any plans for the future of the business? What are you What are you hoping to do in the future? Or are you wanting to stay the same size? You want to grow it bigger? Like, are there more franchises in the future for Miss Lindsay? <laughs> I think definitely I want to grow it bigger, but I'm not. I'm not quite ready. Like, I want to get this completely down to a science, yeah. and then I will definitely grow more. That's but awesome. instead of staying with the current franchise, I think we're gonna go with our own franchise. I've already got it named. Ooh. It's going to be named Lindsay's Motorworks. Okay. So I've already got a logo and everything, but we got to wait and, you know, wait a little bit longer till okay. we're ready. So, okay. but that's uh, very smart. Yeah. So I think we just got a lot of implementing to do. And then I've just been, you know, communicating as we can and go from there. So that's fantastic. How long do you have a length of contract with, um, with Meineke? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have so you gotta a 10 year contract signed. So Okay. All right. That's all right. You're going to, by that, by the time that happens though, you're going to like have this so down pat that it's going to be like easy. Yep. It'll be smooth. No, that's really won't smart. Even, yeah. Well, no one will even know. So do you mind if I ask you how old you are? I know we're not supposed to do that, but yeah, of course I am 35. I'll be 36 next week. All right. Congratulations yeah. and almost happy birthday. That's exciting. Thank you. Um, Thank that you. is, very young to be where you are at with things. That is that is awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. How how does your family feel about I me? Mean, obviously, your brother's involved, but how how did your family respond when you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna start an auto shop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at first, I, I really don't even think it shocked them. They know I'm just okay. kind of spur of the moment, kind of crazy, spontaneous girl. So I will just go for it. So okay. they didn't seem like too shocked at all about it. And I've got a almost four-year-old daughter and she oh. loves it. I bought her own toolbox last week and she loves wrenching with me. She oh, that's like awesome. the biggest girly tomboy, but she's always wrenching it. So I love it. Oh, that's so it's cool. Been great. That's yeah. so cool. I, that is fantastic. Um, I did I did snoop and saw a picture of your daughter. I was like, oh my God, she's adorable. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I just love that she loves the same interests. It's so cool. So yeah. Well, she wants to be like, mom, shoot. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that, that is super cool. And how are you balancing that like family and child and business that's growing like I always equated having a business to be like having a toddler like especially the early years of owning my shop I always felt like I'm just running after this toddler of a business hoping it doesn't stick its fingers in an electrical socket right like that was like every day I was just putting out fires just trying to like keep it under control and you're doing both literally at home and at work how how are you balancing that I mean I definitely have the support at home like you know what I mean? And that's the biggest part, but they, they love seeing me happy and love doing what I do. So they, they take a lot of that pressure off of me, but I just, you know, drink as much coffee as I possibly can. And I'm up and down and up and down, just making sure I'm, I'm there at all times. But uh, I mean, really just the drive is, you know, loving your family and loving your job. And that's, you know, the most, all you need, yeah. all natural, you know, it yeah. keeps you going, but but I sometimes I don't know how I make time, but I always find time. So that's awesome. Well, there, well where there is a will, there's a way. But uh, exactly. that's that's a lot. You're doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a lot, but it we make by. <laughs> well, and having that support, I think, is so crucial. I feel like that's one of the like the biggest themes that I've I've seen in. I mean, and we know this, right? We know this about humans and 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 the world, but it's, it's been so consistently reinforced, especially for women within the trades, I feel like is like having a support system, having people who believe in them, having people who aren't questioning their, their right to be there or their ability to do the work that that makes all the difference in the world and whether, and whether we're able to be successful in this field. So yeah, that's for sure. That's awesome. There's, there's many nights that I don't come home on time, but everyone knows there's a reason, but I, I try to cut it off, you know, yeah. you know, I'm at work and then when I'm at home, I'm at home. So that's super important. Yeah. That's good. Good for you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, well, I was going to ask you a question and then it just left me. 
Um, <laughs> oh, so you said that you were always like your parents weren't su surprised, your family wasn't surprised that you like dove into this thing um, because you were always that that kind of kid. So was that like an always ever since you were little, just kind of dove into stuff and and kind of fearless and willing to take on challenges, or did that come later in life? I think all the time, you know, I started off playing the violin, then I went to guitar, okay. then I went to drums, and I went to soccer and basketball. Like, I was okay. always trying to become the expert at everything I possibly could touch with my hands. Okay. So I think that's why it wasn't as shocking because I can't sit still. I'm always moving. I'm always at home getting told to sit down, you know? So <laughs> I like to dive into different things, you know? Yeah. That's what we're here for. That's awesome. Oh, I think you need to be that kind of person to be a successful business owner because you don't yeah. get to sit down. <laughs> no, not at all. You better not like sitting if you want to do that. Unless so, you're doing the accounting and the bookkeeping, which you have to do. Which yeah, is the sad part. right. Um, I know. That's but, the challenge for me. <laughs> it's interesting. All of your things have been hands-on things though, right? Even though they yeah, in very different sure. ways, it's always been like tactile, tangible things versus like, you know, you, you weren't doing something like completely academic you were i mean not that there is an academicness to all of those things but um you always had involvement in doing something tactile so it, it makes a lot of sense yeah no for sure i yeah. i love anything where i can yeah, yeah get my hands on for sure that's awesome and how about your customers and your employees when you moved into this shop that was already pre-existing some of the customers carried over i'm sure some of the employees carried over were they surprised when when new boss showed up and it was a woman who was maybe younger than some of them <laughs> oh yeah it was definitely <laughs> shocking to all of them they're just like what is happening i didn't even know who was going to walk and who was going to stay but i retain them all for a good chunk of time and uh customers too they just didn't know how to handle me you know <laughs> the other guy retired so the age gap was way different and i'm yeah. just a whole new person nobody knows who i was so it was it was really shocking and interesting there for a while but i swear anyone that came in my door was leaving happy i just had to get them in the door that was the biggest thing mm -hmm. take a chance so yep yep and just win them win them over with all of the things that you do yeah. Did you sure. have any, like anybody not cool with it? Did you lose any people or customers because like indignant, I'm not, I'm not okay with having a woman here. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Little, little things. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different town. So even just with having my ears pierced, you know, and different oh. spots, they're just like, I wish she would take those out. They would tell my other employee that worked with the, the prior owner and oh. all sorts of different things, you know, and it's like, well, this is just who I am. So yeah, you had a whole another layer. You're younger, oh, yeah. you're a woman, you had tattoos and piercings. Yep, for sure. So it was a whole <laughs> game changer. Yeah, really different. Interesting. So. I, I'm curious of those, like all of the things that kind of set you apart and made you not not what they expected, right? Um, yeah. What of those things were, did you find the most, was it being female? Was it being younger? Was it, it were there particular things that people had bigger issues with than others? I think just, yeah, being younger. Um, the female thing, not so much. It only Interesting. happened That's a awesome. little bit. Um, but I think my appearance was probably the hardest for everyone just because of the town that it is. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not very typical to see tattoos and piercings in Salt Lake. Yeah, but I don't work in Salt Lake, you know? Right. So um, that was probably the biggest challenge for people is just, you know what? It doesn't matter. And uh I've proven that to a lot, a lot of people that probably didn't once think that. So Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's a testament to the service you provide and and what you're doing and and how you're taking care of people that they are that you're able to get them to a point where they can overcome their stuff. Yeah, to, for sure. To be loyal customers. Did you did you grow up there? How did you end up there? Why? Oh, uh, no, I actually live in Salt Lake. <laughs> and so uh my you know me and my brother were looking into different opportunities and buildings to buy and this one was up for sale and okay it was the land and the building that we were able to purchase so nice for that time and you know that year it was going for a really good rate and he's like how do you feel about provo and i was like hmm 
not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I was like, but I'll make it work, you know, if we got to do this. And then sure enough, here I am driving a Provo every day. So. Oh, mate, how long of a drive but, is that? It's like the 35 minutes in the morning and probably okay. about an hour going home at night. Okay. That's so. not horrible. Not but horrible. Not, yeah. But Lowe's was like five minutes down the road. So it was oh. definitely a, a different change for me, but that's okay. So, but, so you knew going in that like, this is a, this is a community that isn't going to be as accepting necessarily. Yeah. It's just definitely different. Yep. So I knew, but I wasn't scared. You, you were, know, you were up for the challenge. Yeah. I love I was it. Ready, so I love it. Okay. I know you're like positive and cheerful and you've got all of like this great attitude and you're doing so many things right. But like, I know it can't always be easy. And I know there's hard days, right? Oh, big time. Yeah, there's there's hard days more than you would know. So, <laughs> And I think it's important like for other people to hear that because it's really easy to like look from the outside and be like, oh, it's just me that's having a hard time because see all these other people are doing so great. Like that's the, the curse of social media, right? It's like everybody looks perfect from the outside. And to to like hear that other people struggle and have a hard time, I think is, is, is important. Um, how... How, what are your techniques and how do you handle those hard days and those times when like you don't want to keep going and um, the challenges or, you know, maybe it's the awful customer or maybe something's happening or just you're overwhelmed with everything. Like how have you developed techniques or how do you handle kind of keeping yourself moving and, and continuing to go after it? Yeah. If I'm having a bad day, I definitely try to take a lunch. You know, I always try to get out of the shop I've got a sweet hiking trail right right down the street from my nice. shop. So okay. sometimes I'll just get out and breathe and, uh, you know, think about it from a different perspective or don't think about it at all and just kind of try to change my mood. Uh, I definitely don't let people know I'm, I'm having a moment, uh, but I do have those moments, especially <laughs> my customers. You know what I mean? I try to always be calm and cool and collective just because they don't need to they don't need to know that stuff. Yeah. But. I have no problem telling the customer to get out of my shop if they're giving me a hard time though, too. You know, I mean, you got to stand your ground. You got to, you got to fire people that need to be fired. And sometimes that's the biggest thing, you know, but yeah. really I've been in, in the downs a lot, you know, when we first started out and everything was really, really slow and, you know, we weren't making very much money some days. It was, it was hard, you know, and I really had to pick myself up and, say, I can do this. And that's when I started looking at different opportunities and getting out in the field and finding more business and like just doing things different than I'd already always done, like different selling techniques and just different things like that. Like, Hey, we should switch this up. It's obviously not working what we're doing. So I just do my research and it started working. So if I find, you know, if I figure something ain't working very well, I usually try to switch it up. That's awesome. Have you had any, I know you mentioned the tech that's been with you this whole time has been like a huge, you know, support and, and teaching you and helping you understand and learn new things. Have you had any other significant mentors either on the business side or on the mechanical side uh, in your years? Um, not, not, re not recently, probably okay. like really it's just my employees. I, awesome. I'm like a servant leader for sure. So I just learn on them and I try yeah, to make their that. day easier and they make my day easier. So awesome. Really, I just listen to their voice and it helps the business a lot. So for people who don't know that phrase, servant leader, explain that for folks who may not have heard that before. Yeah, it just means that you're there for your people. You're here to serve them. And like if they are too busy to take their trash out instead of yelling at them and say, hey, go take your trash out. You take their trash out for them and they will respect you like nobody's business and they will work harder for you than they never have before. And so I'm always working hard for them so they'll work hard for me and it makes a huge difference it takes the the manager role right into the leadership role so it's it's a huge positive absolutely that's that's phenomenal did you learn that from witnessing and experiencing it elsewhere or is that just into intuition for you definitely at Lowe's yeah like I that's how I had a good team I mean you have 150 people you only see them five to 10 minutes a day each. So right. you, you got to really make sure you're making a good impression for them. So they'll do a, yeah. a good job for you. So I always just made sure, you know, they knew I was there for them. I would support them and together we made a good team. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Oh my goodness. I love it. You are doing such phenomenal things. You're doing for, for your age, for where you're at in the career. Um, like I said, I've talked to shop owners with way more experience who are not nearly uh, on the right path, the same path that you are on. And you're, you're doing a lot of things, right? I, I know there's gonna be nothing but more success for you in the future. I'm excited to see how, how the rest of your journey unfolds. We are getting close to the end of our hour here already, which is amazing. Um, yeah. I have I have a couple of final questions. Um, my first one is for for somebody else who's saying who's watching this or listening to this and saying like I I really want to open up my own shop. This is something that I would love to do. Um, what are your biggest pieces of advice or caution or encouragement? Like what is your what's your biggest thing that you would say? I would just make sure you've done your research, you know, in the automotive world, there is a lot of overhead and I don't think people understand how much overhead there really is. So just adding up those financial aspects, just ensuring that you're ready. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think people don't realize you got to buy parts, you got to buy rent, you got to buy lights, like it's, it adds up, you know? So I think that's the biggest thing is just making sure you, you feel ready and that you've done your research. I think definitely going into other shops might be a good idea and just asking them some questions and getting a feel for what they have to say and what their challenges and hurdles have been. But overall, if you're thinking about doing it, I would just do it. It's such a good, good move. And it, it feels so good to be able to serve the community, like she said. So if you're feeling like you can handle it, you can definitely handle it. That's that's awesome. And I love that caveat of like how expensive it is. I think it's I remember when one of my technicians actually it was like, this was really early on and we just closed out some like $2,500 repair order or something. And, and he was like, that ought to feel good. You just put 2,500 bucks in your pocket. And I'm like, mm, let mm. me educate you on something. Right. <laughs> like, no, it's different. So there's so much. And it, they say, so the average auto repair shop across the country makes less than 5% on the bottom line. So of that $2,500 ticket or whatever, I'm not good at math, but like 5% of that is what the shop keeps, right? 5%. Yeah. The really best performing shops are at like 18 to 20%. Yeah. And they are the minority. And it's, so it's not at all what people think when we talk about, you know, everybody's like, oh, car repair is so expensive. I'm like, it's the parts, it's the overhead, it's the training, it's all of, it's the scan tools. It's all of those things that people don't think about that that take away from the profitability of it like we're really not making a lot of money we're really no, not that's not at all that's what i learned real quick i'm like oh man AC <laughs> machines alignment machines everything it just adds up quick yeah so, it really does i mean there's money to be made but it is not what oh, people think yeah no yeah. for real it's way different yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay thing, so right okay final question final question yeah. is you now have the opportunity to go back and talk to baby Lindsay, younger version of you. Um, what are your words of advice to her? Oh, that's a good question. I, I would just say be fearless. You know, um, there's been a lot of days that I was scared and I didn't know what was going to happen next. And, you know, everything's always worked out every single time. So I think just being fearless and giving everything a chance and, and just taking a risk is probably the biggest thing. I know I've done a lot of those things, but there's a lot of things I held back on. So I would just, you know, push myself a little bit more to be more free with my decisions. That's awesome. And you, you have, I, and I, I don't actually consider it fearlessness. I consider it being willing to act in spite of fear. Yeah. Right? Like that fear is there to protect us, right? Um, it's it's there for a reason, but choosing to act in spite of fear and allow yourself to do that. And you've done a tremendous amount of that in your life. So definitely, I think uh, younger Lindsay would be very proud of, of who you have become. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know you got a little four-year-old that you want to get back to. So I appreciate so much your willingness to come and hang out with me on this live stream and share your story with everybody. Um, this was this has been awesome getting to know you. You're fantastic. 
Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. I really love the opportunity getting to know you and talk with you. So thank you so much. Definitely. We're going to talk more offline. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm definitely, right. <laughs> definitely down to connect. Folks at home, I hope you guys enjoyed meeting Lindsay as much as I did. Definitely go check out her page. If you're in the Provo area, go check out her shop. Um, but follow her, show her some support and love. I'll have all the contact information down in the details in the description below. Um, I got a final thank you to our sponsors who helped make this episode possible, um, both Drive Time and ASE, both doing wonderful things for the automotive industry that we all love so much. And we're very grateful to have great companies like that um, who are doing so much to help develop the industry, but also who are supporting women in the industry as well. So we couldn't do it without them. So uh, make sure you go check out their sites as well. And make sure you come back next Wednesday. We have another amazing woman that we're going to be interviewing next week. Um, and actually next week, we are going to be live at SEMA and Apex. So uh, definitely want to tune in next week because biggest automotive event of the year. We're going to be out there. Are you going at SEMA and Apex, Lindsay? No, but I should be. Uh, yeah, you I'm, should be. Okay, we're yeah. going to work on that for next year. Yeah. 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 Sounds yeah. like a plan. We're going to make that happen. You have to be at Apex. Um, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So make sure you guys come back next week. And remember, every Monday we release a new archive episode. So two times a week you get to watch with her two hands and meet another inspiring, incredible woman. Uh, so until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to one another, and we'll see.